Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. He's coming up here shortly, as is Romello White, Ole Miss men's basketball senior forward as Ole Miss pursues an NCAA tournament bid in the SEC tournament in Nashville later this week. A jam-packed hour, wall-to-wall Ole Miss sports talk just for you. But before we jump into it, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter, he's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet, if you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. It's also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Oma Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Romello White. Oma's basketball heads to Nashville for the SEC tournament later this week. Two wins probably means a trip to the NCAA tournament, the ninth in school history. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? How did you spend your weekend? Were you in Swayze? Um, I did not make it out to Swayze. I'm I'm gonna start going back probably the SEC games. Um and then that that's probably the be when I, I get back in there. Um I did drive by it a couple times though, um, while the games are going on and I'm not gonna lie, seeing seeing it somewhat full was um I had the FOMO going, the fear of missing out. So um yeah, I gotta get back in there soon. Wasn't it so nice? to see fans at baseball and at basketball. It's really interesting. I talked to Romella White about that. He didn't get to experience the Ole Miss experience. He didn't get to go out to the Oxford Square. He didn't get to go to baseball, not much of football. Didn't get to experience the crowd of basketball. So this weekend, to see a little bit, it's not full capacity or anything, but a little bit of a return to normalcy. God, man, you forget how much different it is. It's because we've gotten so used to this normal and now that they're starting to get back to what it used to be, it's refreshing. You miss it. You can tell. Yeah, absolutely. The, the buzz around Oxford this week in general, you could kind of tell, was 
was kind of setting up for for a pretty cool weekend. I mean, I know knowing some of the people who run and own a lot of the businesses around the square in, in Oxford, I know they're really excited about actually getting a chance to to finish a weekend in the green for once. I mean, it's been almost a year or so. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just all around, it was really cool to see, um, see sports, get, get fans back in the stands. I had a buddy of mine who used to sponsor or be one of the sponsors of this podcast text me and said it was effectively like a football weekend for them. Think about that. It's the spring. Baseball hasn't even started SEC play. Basketball, the regular season is over. It was the regular season finale, but it was Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not any good, almost 156-46. to 46. Got revenge on Vanderbilt, lost to them the last time they played. So now they get to go to the SEC tournament, two games, winning two games, get to the NCAA tournament. But he said this weekend it just felt like a game day weekend. That's the kind of action that his place got, and almost baseball got that against Belmont. I had so many people texting me, hey, you hear, you hear, you hear? Because the environment was so much different. It's just nice. It's just nice to get out of the house. It was great to actually see Ole Miss sports look like Ole Miss sports. Not that they were going through the motions without the crowds, without what makes Ole Miss sports and college sports and sports in general very much a part of our lives, and that is actually experiencing them. Yeah, I think this weekend was just kind of teen up. This weekend was kind of like dipping your toe in. I think that um, I think these next couple weekends, you know, whenever whenever we have our next series at home and. Um, I mean, I think they're going to be even bigger. I think this weekend, the ones who are really truly wanting to get out are came and, and came out to Swayze. And I think there's a lot of people who wish they would have been there. So I, I think they were setting up for even a bigger weekend coming up. Get vaccinated. Take care of yourself. Let's get through it because this weekend, if it's any indication, there is a hunger to be back at Ole Miss sporting events. And I'm with you. So do what you got to do. And let's get this thing back to normal because, man, this weekend was a lot of fun. And Ole Miss won. Ole Miss swept Belmont. A perfect 5-0 and week. Tim Elko got SEC Player of the Week and College Baseball Player of the Week by Collegiate Baseball. There's a lot of Ole Miss stuff that happened. It's also a day to panic about Arch Manning on the Ole Miss Spirit message board, apparently. So we'll talk about some Arch Manning stuff. Nick Crass, a guard from Biloxi for basketball, committed to Kermit Davis, the first commitment for 2022. And then, of course, there are some things football-wise that we can discuss, especially in the NFL. Your boy, Bobby Massey, there's something I want to touch on there. But first, let's start with baseball. Almost bounces back, lost the series to Central Florida, who has since not won a game. Anyway, Ole Miss goes 5-0, sweeps Belmont. And I'm going to be honest, I came out of the series on Sunday, and I didn't have the warm and fuzzies, man. I didn't. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I'm 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 in the mode of like sitting back and just letting it play out. Like I, I'm not going to jump to any conclusions um, whatsoever. But um, this team this team's got a little ways to go. I really I really do believe that. I think that um, I think they're still trying to figure it out a little bit, man. I mean, there's certainly the talent there. They're they're starting to finally settle into somewhat of a lineup. Um, I, I just think the bats still leave a lot to be desired. I mean, I, they have power, they have pop, but but they got to be able to string it together consistently. But I mean, it was nice to get five wins, and that that, that is the thing. I mean, you, at least you're fixing it while you're winning. A couple more games, a couple more series, and just kind of see if maybe it um, it kind of becomes more consistent. Pitching wise, it's there. Derek Diamond, I'm a little bit concerned about only because he's getting hit around a little bit. He's throwing strikes. He's just getting hit. But still, that pitching you figure is going to come around. And offensively, they're starting to figure some things out. 
Hayden Dunhurst has been great since the season started. I think he's hitting where he needs to be hitting. Justin Bench has been a pleasant surprise. This is a guy who, for the first two years of his almost career, his hard hit rate was not good at all. And he's suddenly become a really instrumental piece or a critical piece that cannot be replaced in an Ole Miss offense that needs him. And he's the catalyst leading off or batting second. And also Tim Elko. Tim Elko has to be the one that hits along with Hayden Dunhurst. But it's after that. You're not seeing anything from Ben Van Cleve yet. You're not seeing much from Hayden Leatherwood yet. You see some flashes, but you're not seeing what you expected to see from Hayden Leatherwood yet. Kel Baker, it comes and goes. Kevin Graham, his power is coming. He hit two home runs over the weekend. But the average, I don't think he's ever going to be one of those guys that hits for some type of high average, even for college baseball, where high averages are far more normal. He's just not that kind of guy. He's a true three-outcome guy. Strike out, walk, home run. Now the home runs have started to come. But yeah, I just don't know offensively because they're not stringing hits together if or when it'll be time for Ole Miss fans to start worrying. I don't know if it's a big enough sample size yet. Yeah, I, I think we're to the point, in, and I may be right, may be wrong on this, but I think McCants and LaFleur should be in the lineup every day. I, I think for, 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 for two reasons. First, they eat, both of those guys can run. Um, a little bit. And secondly, those are, those are two pieces that, that you're building with. You got, you know, obviously you got Gonzalez, McCants, LaFleur, I mean, Chattanooga, I mean, those guys just need to be, I mean, if the other guys aren't going to produce at a high level, being older guys, I, I say you put the other guys in there because they're one, they're just as good and just as consistent. And secondly, it's building for the future. Let's get these guys more bats that they're going to get as many hits as the other guys. I think those two guys, just in my opinion, I mean, I'm not a baseball expert what, by any means, but I just think McCants and, and, and LaFleur should be, they should be in the lineup every day. And, and for, from a developmental standpoint, if they're at the bottom of the lineup, they add a little bit of speed. They add some, some upside potential. They should be in there. I just don't know what Kel Baker offers you upside-wise that is better than Trey LaFleur because Trey LaFleur defensively alone is really good, but it's like he doesn't have the same leash as a Kel Baker or anybody else, Ben Van Cleve for that matter. I will be using Kel Baker, Kevin Graham, and Ben Van Cleve in a trio of a platoon in a way, moving them around, those three around together while I leave Trey LaFleur by himself at first base. Defensively, he's always going to play well. Offensively, you feel like the bat's going to come around, but he needs to have a little bit of a runway to get going. We saw it in the opening series of the whole season that Trey LaFleur's got something in that bat. The Dodgers believed in it. They drafted him coming out of high school in the 21st round. He's coming along. Give him some run. And you're right about his ability to run. He could play the outfield if you need him to, and I don't think the outfield is necessarily settled. But Hayden Leatherwood, he continues to get a long leash. Kevin Graham got a really long leash, and he's coming on. But Trey LaFleur, he runs a 6'3". I had no clue. And I love, I've made no secret of this either, but I love T.J. McCants. He's just oozing with upside. He looks like what you expected MLB prospect to look like. Yeah, true. He's a freshman. So is Jacob Gonzalez, and he's going to ride the roller coaster. He's going to have his deep, deep valleys, but he's going to have some highs too. Defensively, he's going to have some bumps along the road. He's playing second base when he plays a position he's never played before. He's always been shortstop. Peyton Chania will come back and play second, but then I think, like you, you should find a place for him. I would play my guys with upside because offensively, yes, you're getting more and what you kind of expected out of Tim Elko now. You're getting a lot more than you expected out of Justin Bench. You're starting to get what you need out of Kevin Graham on a more consistent basis. Hayden Dunhurst has been awesome. Everything you would want out of him. But outside of them, no one else should be locked into any particular position. 
Again, Mike Bianco, I've said this countless times before, has forgotten more baseball than I'll ever know. I just don't understand the leash that some of these JUCOs get over guys like Trey LaFleur or TJ McCants, who I think have more upside. And I would never play, no disrespect to the kid, I would never play Garrett Wood over TJ McCants, ever. Any situation, midweek, I don't care. I'd play TJ McCants. No, man, I'm with you. I, I just think we have such a good core of young guys. You got Dunhurst, Chatney, um, you know, McCants, LaFleur, Gonzo. I mean, do you have you have guys that, that are going to, you know, why not create a lineup that's going to be there again next year and be stable and give these guys at bats. I mean, I, you're, again, I could be wrong, but, but just from my, from my eye watching from the outside, I just think those guys provide, you know, just as good as bats as the other guys and they can actually run. And I mean, I think our lineup would benefit from that a little more than, than dudes that are, you know, batting, you know, 200, you go long ball every time. You got to figure it out now. Because SEC plays coming up pretty quickly with Auburn being the opening series. And guess what? Six SEC teams are in the top 10 of the top 25 rankings. The SEC is going to be a beast. There are four SEC teams in the top four, including Ole Miss. The SEC is going to be a beast. So this is the time to figure it out. And that's why I don't have the warm and fuzzies. Because there's still so many questions about this Ole Miss baseball team. More than I think we expected this early on for a team that was so good last year. We didn't give enough significance to this team no longer having Tyler Keenan and Anthony Servidius, their two best players, their two best hitters. They've got all the talent in the world. You expect them to come around. The pitching's going to be there. The bullpen was back to normal this weekend. Jackson Kimbrell's been awesome. Taylor Broadway's been awesome. It's all there. I just don't know if they're that good right now. Yeah, it's just a, it's a good problem to have. I mean, there's so much talent. We're loaded. It's just a matter of, um, you know, getting hot, you know, get, get, getting everything on track, getting settled in the lineup. I mean, these are all, these are all, you know, great problems to have. I mean, all, all while being 10 and two, um, headed for the 16 and two, just like I said. From what you've seen so far, have you backed off your win total for Ole Miss that you had in the preseason? I think you were saying they'd push 40. No, I think, I mean, no, because I think if you get to, they're going to get to 16 and two here going into the SEC play. Um, I just don't think that there's, I mean, other than maybe Louisiana Tech, I mean, maybe they drop one more, I mean, tops, but they're going to have a good record there. They're going to win a lot of their midweeks. I think they're better, you know, somewhere around 500 to better in SEC. So I think they're they're easily a 41 team. Um, you know, think, things could turn around with the bats and they, they could be a little, a little better than that. But, but what's going to, I mean, our pitching, I mean, you're rolling the, from, you know, Friday to, to Sunday, you're rolling guys in there that can hit 95 on, on the drop of a hat. I mean, these are these are some good pitchers. So pitching is, at the end of the day, what's going to win. Um, you know, bats just have to be there to support these pitchers. Yeah, the thing with Derek is he's throwing more than he's pitching right now. And it's so cliche, but you hear it in baseball all the time, and it's true. Derek is throwing more than pitching right now because the stuff is electric. You and I were texting during the game. Maybe it was Sunday. The stuff is nasty. It's filthy. But it can also catch too much of the plate. If you get too much of the plate, no matter if you're throwing 95 or not, any good hitter is going to hit it a long way. Major League Baseball players, you could throw 100. They'll find a way to time up a jet if you throw it over the heart of the plate. College baseball, you can get away with it a little bit more, but good hitters, especially in the SEC, and this is what I'm thinking about with Derek Diamond as far as what you've got to correct. You got to stop throwing and start pitching because if those 95s over the middle of the plate against Arkansas, Mississippi State, you've already been dinged around a little bit. You were dinged around a little bit on Sunday. 
it'll get a lot worse in SEC play. And I'm going to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here because he was banged up, came back from summer ball, and his arm was sore, and you thought he was going to have Tommy John surgery, and they avoided it. He's recovered well. He's pitched okay, but you're catching a little bit too much of the plate. You put a fastball down the middle against any good hitter. <laughs> they're going to time it up, and they're going to send it a long way. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, like you said, he he'll come on. I mean, yeah, I think a little bit of his rust has to do with, with um, you know, some issues he was having in the off season. But yeah, I mean, he yeah, he'll certainly be there when it when it counts. And it's not like he's been bad by any means, but um, I, I think he'll come on here here strong pretty soon. Some big NFL news on Monday, and no, I'm not talking about Dak signing a long term deal with the Cowboys, even though I'm excited about it, and Brad is not. Some news as it pertains to Ole Miss. This was interesting. And it goes to a bigger discussion that I want to have. Ian Rappaport reporting. The Bears, your Chicago Bears, Bradley Sal, are not likely to exercise the option on offensive tackle Bobby Massey's contract. He'd be another casualty of the cap crunch, a source said. He'll be a free agent, saving the Bears more than $5 million against the cap and putting a starting caliber tackle on the market in a year when offensive tackles are more valuable than ever. Okay, so two things here. So I was at work today, and I saw that very tweet, so I immediately FaceTimed Bobby. Bobby answers. He's sitting in his locker in Chicago. I said, Bob, the bear, what are you doing in the locker room, Bears? I just saw where the Bears weren't resigning you. He said, what do you mean? So I sent him the, the picture of the tweet, and he was like, whoa, damn, I need to leave then. So he, I, he, I guess they didn't tell him yet, but I, I guess I was the first one to tell them today that, hey, it looks like they're not going to not gonna be renewing your contract. But at the end of the day, on the flip side of that, it's nothing more than, than a guy that's, um, you know, he, he's set to make a lot of money. The cap's going down quite a bit this year. Guys like that have to unleash. But on the flip side, Bob, that is, that is one of the best things the Bears could have done for a guy like Bob because they had him locked in a five-year deal way under market value. He's probably making four to five million dollars under market value for a good quality starting tackle that he is. So he's actually going to, instead of going to the season with no guaranteed money left on his contract and just going in and making salary, that's going to enable him to go out, get another two or three year deal, and get a lot of upfront money, probably in that eight to ten million dollar range, maybe even more, because there's really not many quality tackles out there. So. They actually did him a huge favor, and I know he's excited about it. And, um, you know, anytime you get to come to the table for the third time in a career, that's pretty exciting for him. I look for him to get a a nice payday up front, and um, I know he's excited. Wait, is that what happens in the NFL? We all know it's a business. You know, I've always heard that. Um, I've always heard people saying that it's happened to him on Twitter, but I I always thought it was BS. I was like, you know what, they usually tell you, and and in my experience they have told you, but – um, today was the first time I called him. I was expecting that, you know, maybe he had just came from his, from the office talking to him or whatever, but he was like, Oh shit. I sent him the, t- I sent him the tweet and, um, you know, he was like, Oh, I guess, I guess I better go home then. Um, so yeah, he, he was, he did not know if I'd imagine his agent was probably about to call him and tell him they weren't going to exercise his option. But, um, I found that, I found that really shocking, um, for a guy like him who, who they have a lot of respect for and, um, you know, who is, who is kind of a leader type guy in that locker room. So I know one thing, he, he'll be really excited about the outcome from that. Cause that, that's a huge favor by the I man. That's a gift by the bears to let him out of that contract. So that wasn't, wasn't the greatest contract in the world. Well, most NFL teams don't have a lot of room because of COVID and the caps going down because of COVID and all the money losses that happened. 
But there are teams out there that can splurge on a starting caliber tackle like Bobby. Because the first thing I thought when I saw it was, oh, God, Cowboys, please sign Bobby. But then I remembered there's no way that guy's going to go out there and make way too much guaranteed money far out of the price range of the Dallas Cowboys. So, Bobby, you're a pipe dream for me for about 10 seconds until I realized what the situation is. And you're seeing this around the NFL. This free agency class is unlike any class we've ever seen before. You're seeing a number of talented starting caliber players who usually don't make it onto the market make it onto the market because of the cap situation. We talked about how Ole Miss sports at the beginning of this podcast didn't look the same and how relieved we were to see it look like more of the normal Ole Miss athletic event over the weekend with baseball and basketball with fans in the stands. Well, this is a byproduct of COVID too. You're not going to start to see teams, organizations, even in baseball and basketball as well, start operating like they used to for at least another year or so. We have never yeah. seen this before. It's, it's going to be a free-for-all, and there's going to be a team out there like the Jets, or maybe I think the Dolphins have a lot of cap room, that can effectively supplement their rosters with enough good starting players that they're basically turning themselves into championship contenders overnight. The Bucks didn't mind doing it. They got Tom Brady. And they went out and got everybody that Tom Brady wanted. There's a team out there, an organization out there that's going to do the same thing. They're going to take advantage of this because they have the room and because players that would never hit the market are hitting it right now. Yeah, this this has actually been going on um, for a while now. And and I, I wholeheartedly believe I would still be playing. I never even thought I'd be retired at this point. I wholeheartedly feel like I would still be playing in the NFL if it wasn't for COVID. And I, I truly believe it because what they did was they started with last year. Um, they knew they were going to preparing for the cap. So a guy like myself, who's a eight, nine year guy, um, kind of a swing guy uh, that they cut that market out. That was their first thing they did. Any, any guy that wasn't a bona fide starter making, you know, well over a million bucks that, that was out the window. And, and, and I was, you know, <clears throat> talked to quite a bit of guys this year who were in my same situation, who were good quality players, but you know, maybe they could, they could cut a lot of different, um, you know, get a lot of money from cutting those kind of guys and bring in and just using a young guy in, in his place. So that kind of started this past year. And now it's rolling over into, into the more, you know, the bigger starter guys, because the cap's going down to 180. They were expecting the cap to be around 200 this year, maybe even a little over 200, probably 205. So now it's not now like, now like that mid tier starter, like a, you know, Bobby's a little better than a mid tier starter, but some of those, you know, you re- really guys making three to five million dollars a year. They're they're going to be cut down, and then it's going to trickle into some of the better players too. So yeah, this is an interesting year. Um, you know, the, it is what it is. It has nothing to do with talent or anything. It has everything to do with, hey, we got to find a way to save money. Um, you know, because the, there there's a cap space, and the, these these guys had no clue the cap was going to be what it's going to be this year. So there's a lot a lot of weird planning going on, and then I think a little bit of the bear situation is they really want Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, so they're trying to really get get some cap space. There's no way they get Russell Wilson. Maybe Deshaun Watson. There's no way. We've already seen a report out that says that's a pipe dream. But you look at the wide receivers talking about overhauling a complete position group just with one free agency swoop. Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, your boy from the Bears, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis. In a normal year, none of these guys would make it to the market. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, the, the, the thing, though, is th- these guys are going to be kind of expensive. So I think you're going to see some guys take some contracts that um, – you know, maybe a little less than what they would what they would typically take because what teams are thinking are is hey, um, you know, yeah, of course I'd want an Antonio Brown, of course I'd want a guy a, a Kenny Galladay or 
or, or one of those guys. But heck, man, my, my draft picks are so valuable now because those are controlled contracts that I can control for four years, and they're slotted. They're slotted salary. So, um, you know, the, the draft picks right now are, are more important than ever. I wouldn't be surprised to see some teams actually trade some of their their better players for draft picks. Um, you know, in, in hopes of, of landing a really good second, third, fourth round player that that can you know somewhat hold you up for the next couple of years. Listen to these defensive linemen that are available: Bud Dupree, Carl Lawson, Leonard Williams, Shelby Harris, at linebacker Levante David, Matt Milano. Oh my God! Cornerback Jason Verrett. Yep. Anthony Harris, Marcus May, Marcus May. I think got franchised by the Jets actually on Monday. Marcus Williams. I mean, my gosh, man. See, that's exactly what I was talking about. That's like this just slightly like those really good starter guys that are that three to five million dollar. I mean, they're just I mean, the, yeah, those guys would usually never hit the market. But but this year it's like, hey, I'm either going to have overpay for a bona fide starter. Or I'm going to go out and try to draft a guy and find a young guy to to um, you know, those guys are cheap and they can take up some cap space. So what you're going to see ultimately is um, when team starters are in the games this year, balls going to look good. But as soon as their starters are down and they're having to, to to play a lot of young guys, the quality of the game could potentially take a hit this year. Hey, Bobby, come to the Cowboys. Take a pay cut. Don't take a pay cut. Make as much money as you possibly can. See, that's the fan in me. And a lot of fans are like that. Oh, man, well, if Bobby really wanted to win, he would come to so-and-so and so-and-so. No player thinks like that. You're trying to maximize your earning potential over the life of your career. And Bobby's gotten to a third contract now. Yeah, think think about if you're a banker, um, and and you're at Regions Bank or one of the one of the banks, and then the other one came and said, "Hey, you know, I'll give you double the salary." You're not going to care whether you succeed at Regions or Bancorp South. You're going to go to Bancorp South and, and 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 go make that double salary. So it's no different than a football player. It's the one time in your life where you can make a lot of money. You're your own contractor, and um, you know, it, it's just a football, football uniforms in the, the day. And you hate to say that, but you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. And, um, you, know, you, you don't get to make those, Hey, I just want to win decisions until you're like a Tom Brady or, a or, a you know, Larry Fitzgerald or one of those guys who are, you know, have hundreds of million dollars in the bank and you know, you're, you know, you're going to be fine. But, um, you know, that those guys are, once you get to that kind of that level, you're good. But man, when you're in that 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 middle of your career you're trying to you know, get as much as you can because you know it could be over any second i mean look at all the injuries that have happened over the years to players we'll get right back to bradley south former ole miss offensive lineman eight-year nfl vet with Romello white ole miss senior basketball forward coming up on the modern women phone line after i tell you briefly about cheney's pharmacy another proud sponsor of talk of champions oxford mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer the sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays, 
You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Are you ready to freak out about Arch Manning yet? Because Ole Miss Spirit message board posters are certainly there already, even though he's a 2023 prospect. Did you see this on Monday? Yeah, I looked at it a little bit, and um, I was going to try to shy away from you know, the Arch Manning stuff because, listen. Oh, I nobody. Mean, uh-uh. No, it's going to be here until he goes somewhere. There's nothing we can do to avoid it, man. There's no way we can avoid it. These fans are going to talk about it. All the way up to and when he signs, and even when he signs, it won't be over. It won't be over. If he doesn't end up at Ole Miss, what could have been with Arch Manning? This is just beginning. It was fascinating on Monday to see the response. Because the first thing that popped into my brain when I read it, all these schools he's talking about and all these coaches he's talking about, there's no guarantee that any of them will be necessarily where they are right now. So, yeah, he loves Nick Saban at Alabama. Nick Saban's in his 70s. LSU, yeah, Coach O, we've had great conversations. Coach O's in deep shit. Lane Kiffin has already shown he's got a propensity to flirt. So I say take all of it with a grain of salt, but there's no way, no way that we're going to have to avoid or be able to avoid talking about it. Just no chance. Yeah, I think I think the talks of it, no matter what's said, I mean, the, the family and Arch are going to make whatever decision they feel like is best for him. Um, and here's the thing. Arch is a great player. His, his name is connected to Ole Miss. Um, he's going to be a very good player. Um, I want Arch Manning as bad as any other Ole Miss fan. But at the end of the day, Arch is not the only quarterback that can win at Ole Miss. If he comes, I will be super hyped. I'll be very excited. But it's not the end of the world if Ole Miss doesn't get Arch Manning. And I think fans need to realize that. He's a great talent. We want him. But um, – you know, it is what it is. If he wants to come to Ole Miss, that would be great. If not, there will be another quarterback out there that can that can win at Ole Miss. So that's where I am with it, and that's that's the way I felt the whole time. There is currently a quarterback on campus that Ole Miss likes a lot, that Ole Miss landed that was a four-star in-state quarterback from Starkville of all places. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's tons of quarterbacks out there. As long as we have Lane, Lane Kiffin or a Levy, that that runs an offense like like we run that that is very very awesome for a quarterback we're going to land a good quarterback now i'm hoping that's arch manning one day just like every other Ole Miss fan as Ole Miss fans um you have to respect him have to respect his family if he doesn't come then you know you wish him luck if he comes and then you do the the normal miss thing you support him and and it will be awesome we'll have another manning out there and i think this could be one of the best ones yet but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, there, there's a guy here that I know that they're excited about, and there's, you know, others that are recruiting that I know they're very excited about. So, um, you know, let's hope we get him. But at the end of the day, man, you can, you can win with others as well. He's a 2023. That means he's, what, 16? Is he driving yeah, yeah, yet? Yeah, it's almost, it's almost kind of odd talking about it. But, oh, yeah, it's awful. He's, a, he's a child. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. The hype train, I don't even know wherever he goes because the hype train will be so ridiculous that he'll ever be able to live up to whatever expectations are out there for him. Arch Manning is 16 years old, and you've already got fan base after fan base after fan base locked on to anything and everything this kid is saying. Oh, my God. It's March 8th or 9th when you're listening to this podcast of 2021. This kid is two years away from mattering as far as— we don't even know what Ole Miss is going to look like in two years. 
Ole Miss could be completely made over in one offseason. It happened when they fired Matt Luke and hired Lane Kiffin. Jeff Levy could be the head coach. Steve Sarkeesian could crash and burn at Texas. Nick Saban could finally retire to the relief of everyone in college football that's not named in Alabama. There's so much that could happen. Ed Orgeron is not going to be the head coach of LSU in 2023. I feel bad for this kid. I feel bad for Cooper. Good friend of the program, Cooper Manning. I feel bad for them. Because it was already ridiculous. Are we really going to do this every three months? Have an Arch Manning panic attack? Let the kid be 16. And Cooper said this on the podcast when he came on most recently. I think it was a couple months back. He's just letting the kid be a kid. Can you imagine all these adults calling you, hitting you up, trying to get an update on what's going on with you right now? All the stories nationally written about you? There was pressure on Peyton. There was pressure on Eli. Hell, there was pressure on Cooper. But nothing like the pressure that's going to be on this kid. The Manning brand has gotten bigger than the players themselves. And now this kid at 16 years old, he's having to live up to that brand because he's the only one playing. This is social media culture at its worst. We shouldn't even be writing stories about this kid right now. Because what college football looks like now, it's not going to look like that in a year or two when he's making a decision. Not going to look like it at all. How quickly things change. No one waits around anymore. Coaches get three years now. Lane Kiffin produced in year one. If next year Lane Kiffin only won three or four games, what would happen? Ole Miss fans would turn on him on a dime. Why are we doing this now? Oh, yeah, because this is what we do. What gets the hits right now if you're trying to draw eyeballs to a website like 247 Sports? This wasn't an Ole Miss Spirit story. We ran on the Spirit because, of course, Arch Manning. People are going to bleed this story for all it's worth. We are now covering kids in 2023. I don't give a shit how good he is. Let the kid be a kid. Yeah, I agree to, to a point. I think the most the most valid point you made was, you know, f- think about the turnover in college football every, you know, in two years. You, you have no clue who's going to be where coaching, you know, and a lot of this is going to come down to timing. I mean, we don't know if Lane Kiffin's going to be here in two years. We don't know if 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 Saban's going to retire in two years. You don't know if Sarkeesian's going to go. You have two losing seasons and be gone. You just don't know. And you know, a coach that he really likes could could all of a sudden come to a a damn Texas A and M, and he could be you know going to Texas. I mean, you just never know, honestly. Like, I think we circle back to this when the kid's a senior, and it's you know, we know who's going to be where in the coaching cycle. But right now, trying to speculate, saying he likes certain coaches. Hell, who knows? Those coaches could be could be <laughs> gone in in no time. So yeah, I, th- I think that's the most important thing. What you see now is not going to be in two years. Think about two years ago. You know, there's a lot of different different coaches in college football. You, you know, read so. my mind. Think about it. A year ago, Ed Orgeron was a national championship winning coach, the most beloved figure in college football, the redemption story of Ed Orgeron. And now look, what's he dealing with? He's staring down the NCAA gun. I just, I, I can't. I, I think that's that's the biggest biggest factors. You know, trying to trying to figure out where this kid's going now in 2021. The only thing he's going now is to the prom or something. I mean, there's, there's no. They, they, he's 16. Knows. Is he old enough to go to the prom? I mean, do they go to the prom I mean, at 16 now? I don't know. Florida State. I'm hearing from Florida State. Cool. Mike Norvell might not be there. Tennessee. Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel just got to Tennessee. LSU. We already talked about Texas. Steve Sarkeesian. He's crashed and burned twice. Georgia. Uh, Georgia fans are starting to get a little restless with Kirby Smart. 
Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, notorious flirt. Who knows? Who knows? If you're not getting the warm and fuzzies after that story, my advice, don't worry about it. <sighs> what, what if he's regular, a regular date? There's no chance. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The one thing we don't have to worry about, this kid ain't going to Mississippi State, all right? <laughs> I don't know, man. Cutcliffe takes over the state job in oh, two years. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't even make a threat on that. Hey, hey. <laughs> Old Miss David Cutcliffe reunion. He gets hired as offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. Hey. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean that that, that that's I mean that like that, that goes back to our point. You just never know, man. You never know where what coaches are gonna be where. You know, maybe a coach steps down from the NFL that that coach with Peyton, um, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's in the college rank. You just never know. Really. Yeah, Jason you know, Witten goes from high school coach to college coach. We don't know. Yeah. You just never uh, know, man. I do feel comfortable in saying if somebody hired David Cutcliffe, if he retires and they hire him as an analyst. You're going to immediately be vaunted up to like the top three with that kid, probably. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that's certainly, with respect to, um, to, to you know, the, that they have for Cutcliffe, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't somewhat work it out to where he's going to be at the school where Arch goes, regardless of where it's at. Arch Manning, quarterback for Hugh Freeze's Liberty. No, see, that's worse than Mississippi State. That's worse. <laughs> uh, Arch, I don't think he's going to go that low. Yeah, I don't think he's going there. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley. So I'm about to jump to Romello White on the Modern Woman phone line. Before we do, all right, so of all the things that are happening with Ole Miss sports this week, what are you most paying attention to this week in Ole Miss sports? Okay, so tip, this isn't my, isn't my answer, but I'm gonna, going to really be focusing on my number three sport, and that's basketball. Woo! Um, I, I think I don't talk about basketball much. I watch it, but I, I have to admit I, I don't. I watch it as a total fan. I don't really, they're really those games without opinion, with an opinion. But I think it is cool to 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 see a team in general, no matter what sport it is, to have a chance to to go into a tournament, compete to get into the big tournament. So, I like viewing that from a standpoint of, um, you know, just to kind of see what kind of grit a team has. I want to see what kind of fight they have. And that cool story of, hey, we got the, the SEC tournament. I think it's there for the taking. I really do. I think we beat South Carolina. If you beat LSU, I think that you have a path to make it to the championship. I really do. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by, by watching, watching us compete. And maybe maybe we get hot. You know, you get hot and then you get an NCAA tournament. I think that would be an amazing turnaround for, for an Ole Miss basketball club that has been you know, more than up and down. I mean, people pretty much wrote them off. Um, at one point this year, and now you know now they have a chance to get in the dance. I'd say I'd say they they've shown a lot of character and a lot of fight, and I'm excited to um, to watch them this week. At one point, they were three and six in the SEC. They finished with ten league wins. If they had gotten their non-conference schedule in, this isn't even a discussion because I'm looking at resumes. Ole Miss net fifty three eight and eight in quad one and quad two games. The team with the next best resume as far as quad one and quad twos is Xavier. They're six and seven. Six and seven. Drake is six and two, but Ole Miss has got eight of them. And Drake has got a net 47. So they got a better resume probably with the net, but Ole Miss is net 53. Xavier, net 57. Boise State, net 43. Four and six, a losing record in quad one and quad two games. Utah State, net 48. Three and five in quad one and quad two games, another losing record. St. Louis, net 44. Four and four, 500 record in quad one and quad two games. Syracuse, net 49. Five and seven in quad one and quad two games. St. Louis can't improve his resume anymore. Ole Miss can. If Ole Miss goes and beats South Carolina, then beats LSU with a net in the 30s, they're in. They're in. 
win and you're in. Other teams like Ole Miss, VCU, they're already locked in. Michigan State, its resume is comical, but it's Michigan State. If Ole Miss had Michigan State's resume, Ole Miss would be one of the last four out or next four out. Michigan State, though, is Michigan State, and they get the benefit of the doubt, so they're locked in probably right now by beating Michigan. But if Ole Miss goes to the SEC tournament and beats South Carolina, that does nothing for you, but beats LSU, they're in. They're in because the bubble is not particularly strong. Actually, it's really weak. I was reading Bracket Matrix, and the number one top-ranked bracketology, Bracketville, has Ole Miss as its first team out. That tells me if that service, which has been the most accurate, even over Jerry Palm and Joe Lenardi, has Ole Miss there, go to Nashville, win two, and you're in. So that's what I'm watching too. Haven't decided if I'm going to Nashville because apparently, even though there will be open arena, more capacity in Bridgestone, us media people, we still don't get to talk to the coaches and players in person. Make that make sense to me. You're opening up capacity, letting more fans in. This is at Swayze, too, and yet we still got to do everything over Zoom. What did we do? Are we like patient zeros for COVID? Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, they're, they're just trying to protect the players from the fans still, so that way they, you know. Oh, we're all losers. They're trying to protect the players from us, and I get that. We're all stupid anyway. But come yeah. on, man. I got to get out of my house. I want to go to Nashville. That's my favorite trip every year, the SEC tournament. If Ole Miss makes it to the NCAA tournament, I am going. Regardless of whether or not I get to talk to the players and coaches in person, I am going. You're going to go too. Yeah, that would be that'd be great. All right. Yeah, we'll be back in your old stomping grounds, Indianapolis. Let's go. Let's do it, man. All right. Coverage from Brad and Ben in Indianapolis, the NCAA tournament. Another thing to root for. As Ole Miss I, goes to I'm League. really, I'm really big on this wanting to go live during some games. I wish people would see how how emotional I get during Ole Miss games. I, I mean, it, my, it's dangerous, my, man. It's a really uh, my, dangerous my idea. My wife, my wife just can't even handle it. I mean, I get I overreact big time to to Ole Miss sports. I'm I'm the most emotional fan you've ever seen, and it, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why, but you know, we're playing. You know, we go we go get groceries on Sunday every Sunday with the family. And, you know, my wife's unloading the groceries because I have to listen to the end of the game. I got the boys in the car. When Dunhurst hits the walk-off hit, I am screaming profusely. I mean, I got my kids in my lap. Like, I'm like, what in the world? You just beat Belmont at a walk-off hit. And here I am screaming in the car, screaming hotty toddy. My kids are you know, about to start crying. I mean, just just ridiculous. I've got to settle down during these games. But I don't know. if Maybe it's just my, just my old Miss love. I think it's great. Maybe it's just the the kid in me from from whenever I was growing up. But I mean, I am such an emo- emotional roller coaster during these games, and and I, I don't even know. I don't I don't know why. I don't know how. But um, oh man, it's it's comical. It's I really, really think funny the contrast between you and me because me, I'm having to do all of this stuff, so I don't have this emotional attachment to it. But I got you just screaming into my ear. I'm sitting here typing, and it's like, oh god, Brad. Okay, yeah, man. It's like. <laughs> oh man dude I, it's 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 such highs to lows to to you're calling your shot then you're completely wrong and then i mean it's the just funniest like, thing is that you continue to say oh well almost basically we'll just win them the rest of them i mean what are you doing i can't protect you from yourself when you keep predicting that Ole Miss baseball after they lose a game or two is going to keep winning you're nuts man almost wasn't great against belmont said, you're like oh they're gonna six- win out 
I said 16 and two. I said this before, but Belmont <laughs> 16 and two. Well, this will be very, we'll, we'll get this resolution very quickly. They're going to lose at least one or two more. No way. Uh, see, you hear, you hear him. Okay. I'll acknowledge and admit I will be wrong. Probably. But what did he say? No way. No. What an look Ole Miss look fan. at this. What so, an so Ole Miss Ole fan. Miss, as bad as this feels for all, you're going to look up and Ole Miss is going to be 16 and two with the same amount of quality wins on the schedule as they had the year before. That's, that's what, that's the great part about this year. You're going into the SEC play. We're going to be one game worse with the same amount of quality wins as you had the year before. So it's going to be great. Oh, expectations are fun. Goober, man. Oh, it's funny. Oh, I love it. He's Bradley Sal. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and affiliate 247 Sports, the podcast. Also available on SoundCloud and Spotify. i got to jump now to the Modern Woman phone line to close this out with Romello White, Ole Miss basketball senior forward. Before we do, see you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. Before we jump to Romello, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line. It's Romello White, Ole Miss Senior Ford. Mello, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing, Good, man. Thanks for coming on and doing this. And um, we're talking as y'all are preparing to leave to go to Nashville for the SEC tournament. We'll get into that. But first, Saturday, it's been a strange year. You come to Ole Miss for a one-year grad transfer year, and yet you don't get to experience the full crowd, the full Oxford experience getting out on the square. Was it nice to actually get a little bit of that on Saturday? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I've known um, just from past videos of how how packy – uh, it can be, and I mean, I'm sad I didn't get to witness it like to the full capacity. But I mean, I still had fun. This was for you such an important year as far as expanding your game, opening it up. You talked about that when you made the decision. Do you feel like you got that, even though you didn't get the off the court stuff that maybe you wanted as far as the Ole Miss experience, expanding your game under Kermit Davis? Do you feel like you grew? 
Yes, I definitely I, I feel like I definitely accomplished that. Um just the offense, um, Coach Davis put me in a great spot. Um just to expand my game. Um made more buckets uh outside the key, um, driving the ball, um, shooting the ball. So I mean I feel like I've definitely uh expanded my game and uh just thanks to Coach Davis. Well, I haven't got to talk to you about this at length, but when you made your decision, you had so many teams coming after you. Why was Ole Miss the right spot for you looking back now a year later? Um, just, just the coaching staff um, and uh, the players. I just I just knew what team we had, and um, I put a lot of trust in Coach Levi. Me and him, we have a great relationship, and um, I, I felt like I really could trust him. And I feel like he's definitely uh, a, like uh, a part of my family. I feel like, and he's just a really good dude. And I and I I put a lot of trust in him, and I trust the coach David. So I just felt like this would be a really good spot for me. I feel like um, I could be more of a piece um, on the offensive end than I've been in the past years. So I feel like I really did that this year. I feel like I've had a, a pretty good year, and I just want to. Uh, Thank the old Rebel Nation and, and the coaching staff just for accepting me and uh, putting me in a great role. It didn't take you long to quickly become popular, not only in the locker room, but even if Ole Miss fans didn't get to see you much in person, amongst Ole Miss fans. <laughs> uh, do you feel like you're part of the family? Because now when you look back on it, you had that long run at Arizona State, but when you're in the pros and you're doing your thing, yeah. I mean, you're an Ole Miss Rebel too. So what is that relationship like, man, exactly, now that you got to spend exactly. a year with Ole Miss? Oh uh, man, man, it's great. Um, I love the support. Um, I've had more support than I've ever had um, from from the fans. Um, just just um, commenting on uh, on my posts, just like things like that. Um, so I, I I feel like I've had a great year here, even though I, I didn't get to like experience all the extra stuff. But I mean, it, it's still great. Um, the little things I got to see, just amazing. So. I mean, it's been a great time. Uh, Definitely a great year. This team has been through so much this year. The last Power 5 team to get started, that sets you back immediately. But finally, you get going, an up and down kind of roller coaster start. You're 3-6 and in the SEC. But now, you finish 15-10, and 10-8 and in the SEC. You got 18 games in in the league. What was the ride like with this team? Because it couldn't have been easy. Man, it was definitely hard. But um, one thing about this team is just like um, our brotherhood and how close we are uh, together. Um, it, it was it's definitely times where it was hard for us. Um, just just not 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 being what we thought we was going to be at a time. Um, and we just had to stick together, and I feel like we did that great. And, uh, and it showed because um, when we was at, in adversity, facing adversity, um, we fought through it. We stuck together as a team, and we just never, like, broke apart. We always stuck together, and we just pushed through. So, I mean, I love all those guys on the team. Uh, they, they're all a part of my family. And, yeah, those, those guys are all winners. So that's why I feel like we've been winning here. Yeah, I'm curious. When things were going not so well, before that Tennessee game, did the team yeah. stay consistent as far as approach and practice habits and things like that? Is that what allowed y'all to not let this season spiral? Instead, turned it around and won seven of your last nine? That's exactly what happened. Um we're all connected. Um, we we knew that we just had to we just had to we just had to get get together, get the chemistry right um, for us to, to 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 do the things that we've done. We know um, that we we couldn't let the offensive end 
affect us defensively. So, I mean, we, we, we all talk every every day in practice, after practice. Um, we had meetings, and we, we were just, we were just uh, 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 a one-strong unit. Looking to this week, obviously y'all are on the NCAA tournament bubble. You beat Vanderbilt. You did what you had to do. Now you got South Carolina. If you beat South Carolina, you get LSU. Does the approach change at all, or do y'all stick to process this week in practice? Uh, I think we sticking to sticking to the um, what we what we've been doing. Um, I don't think we should, we should change anything. Um, uh, what we've been doing has been working for us. Um, uh, we're still gonna go hard. Um, we, we're gonna prepare the right way um, and just do the things that we got to do to to uh, to get uh, two big wins, like really really big wins. We just want to keep winning. We want to play in March as long as we can. I mean, this is what you came to Ole Miss for, Romello. What are you like right now, man? Are you hyped? Oh man, I'm I'm so excited. Um, I have I have all the confidence in the world with this team. Um, I just have confidence, confidence, confidence. So I'm I feel like we can play for a long time in March. Um, my teammates are ready. Um, the coaches staff ready. Um, and we're just all ready. The flip side of you having only been here one year is Devonte, who's been here four. What have you seen as far as his growth as maybe a leader and also as a player? I feel like he he, he definitely uh, not being that big of a um, like a vocal vocal leader. Um, I feel like he's he stepped up a big with that that part um, this year and just leading us to victory. I feel like he he, he definitely uh, the the main part of us, uh, us winning a lot of our games. Um, just just him offensively and defensively getting us involved um, and just just having us stick together. Uh, we uh, a lot of a lot of us look up to him um, as a, just a great leader, and um, he's been really doing good with his role this year. But My you bad. had to help him a little bit though with the vocal part, because look, Romello, I know you, man, and you're a vocal dude. Did that some, is that something you felt like yeah. I got to provide this a little bit for this group? Definitely, definitely. I feel like um, I could do that, and I felt like um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm the leader where where I, I could do that, um, no matter where I go. Um, I just, I just, I feel like I, I just, I just, I, I could lead my team um, and and be that, be that type of dude um, if we don't have that on the team. So I feel like I could have, I, I brought that this year, and uh, me and Devontae, I feel like we work really good together. Um, we, uh, we, we talk a lot, uh, and me and him have a really good relationship. You could correct me if I'm wrong here, but I said this at the time that the real turning point for this season, and it's simple, but beating Tennessee, because y'all had gotten so close, y'all just needed a good result. That's, that's, that's exactly what we needed. Um, and it just boosted our confidence. Um, it boosted our guards' confidence, um, scoring the ball. Um, it boosted our defense. Um, it, just, it was just a, just a whole uh, boost that we needed. Um, really like a lift off our shoulders. Um, uh, we were more connected than we ever been. Um, and just the, the vibes were good, and we just wanted to keep those vibes. Now that you've had a year to look back on it, I mean, this time last year, you were making a seismic change in your college playing career. Yeah. Now that you've yeah. had a chance to look back at it, anything you'd change at all? No, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I feel like I made um, uh, the, the, the best decision, um, and I really just went with God, and I went with my heart, and I felt like this was the spot that I needed to be at. And uh, and it definitely was a spot that I needed to be at. I, I had one of uh, my better years than I ever had in my uh, college careers. Um, I just had a lot of time to just put my head and just, and just focus on on basketball and uh, and winning and just getting myself better and preparing myself for the next level.
And I feel like um, Ole Miss was a place where I, I really, I really did that, and I really needed this this year, um, just just for my future. So I mean, Ole Miss was a amazing place. But COVID messed up so much stuff for Melo. What the hell did y'all do when y'all weren't practicing or playing basketball, man? Because y'all couldn't go anywhere. Man, yeah, man. COVID that 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 was uh, just a rough time for me. Um, we were just uh, stuck in the house. We really couldn't do nothing, no basketball, um, no going nowhere. Uh, so, I mean, I was just really, like, watching uh, what I could on TV, playing the game, um, just talking talking to my roommate, KJ. So, I mean, that that time was uh, – it was kind of hard for us. Um, but once we got back, once we got back into the groove, I felt like um, it, we, we turned it back up. But uh, COVID was definitely hard for well, you brought up KJ. He's had an interesting path this year. Obviously, some highs and lows. He got injured, but he's expected mm-hmm. to be back in the SEC tournament. Yeah. How did you help him along in that when things weren't going well, when he was frustrated? Um, really just um, telling him to keep his head up. Um, sometimes we, not not everybody's perfect, and we don't always um, – not, not everything is going to be perfect all the time. And I just told him to keep his head high. Um, he's a tremendous player, a tremendous dude on and off the court. So I just told him it's going to come. Like, we just got to be patient. You won't be a part of next year's team, but when you look at the roster and what's coming back, what do you expect out of this group next year? Uh, I expect the same grittiness. Um, They take their team to victory, um, and they all want to win. And I trust the coaching staff that um, that, that, that they're going to do what they got to do to um, just, just continue to coach here. But tell me this, by the end of this week, is Ole Miss going to hear its name called in the NCAA tournament? You going to predict it for me? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, 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 yes, uh, uh, I want to speak to this. There it is. That's what I wanted to hear. He's Romello White, Ole Miss senior forward. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. We'll do it again. Thank you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.